You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter, and you can find my co-host for the day, Mr. Dennis Bennett, at Culture underscore Coach on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts on this network, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Dwayne McFarlane, Blake Sullivan, the IDP guys, and a ton of other great podcasts. You can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. For today's episode, as I mentioned, Dennis is back with me. We are going to recap the Thursday night football game between the New York Giants and the New England Patriots, and then we're going to jump in and talk about all of the games for Week 6, the remaining games, including the Sunday night football game and the Monday night football game. And it's our Friday show, which means that Mr. Dennis Bennett is back with us. Dennis, what's going on? How was uh, how was your week, and how did your fantasy week turn out for you last week? Since we have not spoken since last Friday, man, I had a fantastic fantasy week last week. I went fourteen and sevens, my best week this year. I Very dug nice. it. I, I could get used to that. I'm sitting at fifty five and fifty year to date. So you know, I'm plus five hundred. So that's good. Yeah, you're having a lot better year than I am. I, I gave up looking after week three because it has not been a good year for me. I have, like, I think, um, I'm trying to remember how many it was. I was talking to Matt about it yesterday. I actually went and looked. I have, I think, uh, 10 of my 38 leagues are winning records right now. So, not great. Not great. Not really feeling really good about myself right now. But it is what it is. Well, you look great. I do, I do, and I appreciate that. I'll let you know the ladies say so too. At least one lady does, and I guess that's all that matters. So, but I still have two undefeated teams. So there's that. Very nice. I have one. I have one that I have um, in a dynasty league. I just picked up this year, which is weird because it's actually the one team I thought was like the worst lineup that I had, and yet they're doing well. Which again, 
I feel like kind of speaks to the weird year that this is. Like I was talking to Matt about it yesterday, and the the team that I thought was like unbeatable, and then and I told him my starting lineup. I, I know I've talked about it in our, our DQL chat as well. Is like. I have, I mean, Baker has not been great, but I have Baker as my quarterback, and then I had Barkley, Zeke, and Chubb as my running backs, Adams, Beckham, and Hopkins as my wide receivers, and then Kittle, and Herndon is my backup, and that team is like two and three right now, and and, and I have like only put one week over 100 points. This has not been fantastic, and I really felt like going into the year that I was going to be at least a playoff contender, and I'm just I'm not liking my chances right now. It's it, it's not good. I mean, Adams likely out for a while. Hopefully, we get Barkley back next week, but it's been rough. And of course, I played I played Josh Gordon last night because he's my wide receiver four on that team. You know, because all the talk of Adams might not play Monday night, which we'll get to here in a little bit. And then of course, Gordon gets you one point, and then he hurts his knee. So yeah, it's just been it's been that kind of year for me in fantasy. So I'm I'm, I'm just you know. As I told Matt, I'm getting closer and closer to retiring from fantasy football here with with the way this season's going. I I don't I can't I don't handle losing very well. You know, I'd I'd much rather have Gordon give me one point seven points and get injured than Tom Brady vulture two damn touchdowns oh. from Sony Michelle. Trust me, I know because I have Sony Michelle in a in a big money redraft league because I, I was I was right there with you on the whole Sony Michelle. You talked me into Sony Michelle having a great year, and I do think he's turned it around. I mean, I made a joke on the the podcast last or not last week. I think on Monday uh, with the fact that he actually caught three passes last week, which was just you know that was breaking news in my opinion because he hadn't caught a ball all season. And I do think he's been turning it around, but yeah, him getting those and then Brandon Bolden too. Like, come on, Bill. Throw us a bone here, man. We need Michelle to do something. I, I own yeah, him I mean, in a couple leagues. You know, 22 for 86, caught two passes for 27. Beautiful foundation. If he had just gotten those three more carries for three more yards, that would have been 18 more points, and it would have been a phenomenal night for Sony Michelle. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could have sold high on him at that point because that's probably what I would have done. But, yeah, it's – it's. Uh... I guess that's what we get though too for trusting in the in the the running backs for the New England Patriots because we know it. I mean, how many times did we say that too throughout the preseason? Don't you can't trust in the New England running back situation because you never know what they're going to do. And then we talked ourselves into trusting Sony Michelle, and now we're here because we didn't listen to what we said the first time. We kind of we 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 went away from our gut and we thought he was going to have a great year, and we're not listening. And it, it might still turn around. You know, it is, I guess, technically still early, but it's getting late quick, if that makes sense. Like, I, I really feel like there's something like I'm one in four in one of the leagues with Sony Michelle, and I'm just like, I don't, I, I, I don't know what to do at this point. I feel like my team is good, and I just, I can't buy a win no matter what I do. That's the breaks, man. That's the breaks. I know, but I'm supposed to be a so-called guru, and I'm, I'm air quoting that very heavily right now, so it's embarrassing to lose. But speaking of Sony Michelle, let's let's jump in and talk about the game last night between the New York Giants and the New England Patriots. First and ten at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Zeke Elliott. Second down 
down at 10, takes the snap, gives it. Chubb runs. He's in the 15. He's in the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. There goes Chubb. He's in the 30. So the New England Patriots pulled off the win last night, going to 6-0 and on the season, 35-14 to over the Giants. It was actually a game going into the fourth quarter. The Patriots scored with, I believe it was like 30 seconds left in the third quarter to go up 21-14 to on the Giants side here. Uh, Danny Dimes struggled a little bit, which was to be expected, although he did have a beautiful pass to Golden Tate. Daniel Jones goes 15-31, 161, a touchdown and three interceptions. To get you 10.9 points in fantasy. Uh, Golden Tate, as I said, got that touchdown pass. Six catches on 102 yards. Big slay. Big play slay. Got you three uh, three receptions on 32 yards to get you 7.7 points in fantasy. Tate, 22.2. You know, that's probably all you could have expected out of those guys. I talked about it a little bit on Twitter since I didn't get a chance to do the Thursday uh, preview podcast for for everybody that I thought Golden Tate would be the play was actually kind of a very easy call if we're all being honest here with Barkley and Ingram being out on the Patriots side though again the the numbers at the end of the day look good Tom Brady 31 of 41 334 yards uh, interception and two rushing touchdowns to finish uh, with 29.7 points James White Gets you negative one yard rushing, but 46 yards on nine catches to come in with 13.5 points. Sony Michelle, 13.3 points with 86 yards on 22 carries. Uh, actually had a chance to for a couple big passes, dropped two plays. Uh, one got called back, so just two catches for 27 yards. Still good to see him get more and more involved in the passing game. Julian Edelman, the lead receiver here, especially after Gordon went down. 20.3 points of fantasy, 113 yards on nine catches. Gordon just a seven-yard catch before getting injured, uh, trying to make a tackle on the Tom Brady. inner. Was it the interception or the fumble? I can't remember. I think it was the fumble play. Uh, they were yeah. returning it back for a touchdown. He kind of got his knee twisted up underneath him. It did look really bad, somewhat walked off the field on his own power. Uh, have not heard how serious it is yet. Hopefully not that bad, but... Rookie and preseason sensation Jacoby Myers actually stepped up and played fairly well in his absence. 54 yards on four catches, so a guy maybe worth looking at there. You know, on the Giants side, as I said, really Tate and big big play Slay were the only plays this week. I doubt anybody started. I mean, if you were in a super flex, you probably started Jones, but weren't expecting much. The news is, though, that Barkley will likely be back next week, so we know we get at least him Possibly Shepard coming out of the concussion protocol, though this is his second concussion this year, which is something to worry about. Evan Ingram still dealing with the MCL. I'd imagine that's a couple weeks away from him coming back. At this point, 
it's just Barkley and Tate for for you moving forward, right? Or would you would you try and throw Shepard or Ingram in, and when they come back? Oh, I think I would. Uh, I think Shepard has shown over the past couple of years that he can be a reliable player, especially as a uh, second wide receiver. And so I think Tate takes some of the pressure off him. The offensive line is improving, and, and having Barkley to balance the offense uh, is something that plays definitely to Jones's. Uh, it helps Daniel Jones when you have a more balanced offense. You know, with Ingram, uh, Shepard, and Tate, now you've got a solid receiving core. And then Barkley opening up in the backfield. Uh, they did cut John Hilleman today, so they're pretty confident that uh, Barkley is coming back yeah. next week, I would say. You know, I don't know why they like uh, Elijah Penny over John Hilleman if they felt like they needed to start Hilleman yesterday. Now, I will say Hilleman didn't really do anything yesterday. So, right. You know, well, that's... Penny, uh, Penny's the better Penny brother, right? I mean, yeah. at least that's what I think. I, mean, I could be wrong. Are he, isn't he related with Rashad Penny? I think he Not is. Not that I'm aware of, no. Oh, man. Then that joke kind you know, of fell, fell flat. Going back to the Patriots, though, you know, Myers did step up, and Myers looked good. The yeah. Patriots, they can get out of you – know, uh, Gordon's contract is up after this season. So unless he's going to come back on an extremely team-friendly deal, I don't see him back with the Patriots. So that opens it up for uh, Jacoby Myers. And then uh, Nikhil Harry will be entering his second year as well. You've got Edelman, who's getting older. Uh, I think there's as long as Myers just continues to grow, I don't think Myers will ever – get to the point where Gordon at one point was where he was that dominant number one, mm-hmm. you know, Myers was the, you know, he p- played second fiddle to Calvin Harmon at NC state. So he's always going to be that complimentary guy, which could work really well with Nikhil Harry, who has the, the tools and the traits to be a number one there. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, man, see, I, I mean, I like to. So, in a couple of leagues, I actually picked up in, in deeper leagues. I mean, me and you play mostly in deeper leagues. I actually did pick up Jacoby Myers as one of my later picks, and I, I am going to rely on him some with uh, with Gordon being out. Hopefully, he's not out too long again. I mean, I think Josh Gordon well, phenomenal. He was back talented. on the sideline last night. Got right. on the exercise bike. He he. It doesn't doesn't seem like it's too serious. You know, knowing Belichick though, it could be something that that. He's out with a knee for the next six weeks. Yeah, that's true. Well, before we move on to uh, the week six previews, there's there's a question I want to ask you about because I don't, I don't think we dove too much into this last week because the Patriots had a decent matchup last week. How worried are you about Sony Michelle? Because I do think he's showing flashes still of the the player that he could be, but he just doesn't look the same from when he came out of Georgia or even at times last year. I am worried that some of it is probably the offensive line injuries and obviously Devlin going down. That That's probably the biggest reason. Uh, but what, what would your expe- expectations be for Sony Michelle now, six weeks through the season? Well, I don't think he's going to get 18 touchdowns unless he goes on a hell of a run. Uh, but I do think, you know, he's producing. He's, you know, starting to consistently get 15 to 18 touches, 70 to 90 yards. A couple receptions. So 
if he had gotten at least one touchdown last night, we'd be having a completely different conversation. Yeah, that's true. So he's going to be okay. What's Belichick going to do with him is really, you know, the the burr in my ass. And it, it's this kind of the same thing with the wide receivers. You know, he's starting to rotate them a, a little bit more. The only one you know is always going to be out there is Edelman. And, you know, God knows what they got at tight end now with uh, uh, Lacoste getting hurt. And they cut Ben Watson. It's it's Ryan Izzo, and that's it. So they'll definitely be making some tight end moves this week. And uh, I guess Gronk said last night he didn't rule out coming back either. So Yeah, he's going to be suiting up for the Patriots after that bye week. Just you watch. I have a feeling. I hope he does, and I hope he stays retired. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I just, uh, I don't know. I have a feeling... Maybe he's just trying to be nice and then leave it open for a little bit of drama. But with the way he talks about it, and you also had Robert Kraft commenting on it the other day about him not filing his retirement papers, just makes it seem like he's he's coming back soon. And that, that I don't know why, but that really kind of chaps my hide for some reason. But I guess it shouldn't. I'm, I mean, Gronk's a phenomenal player. I'd, I'd love to see him back in the NFL. But man, oh man, can I mean, it, you know what? I'll put it this way. It's great to see that something good's going for the Patriots for once, right? I mean, they just, they've been such right. a downtrodden franchise for so long. It's just so nice to see so many good things happen for them here recently. I'm happy for them and their fans. So before we move on from the Giants, though, I have to correct you. There is only one big play slay. And as much as I like Darius Slayton, it is not him. Who is it? I'm assuming it's, it's Slayton from the Lions. Okay, that's what I was about to say. The corner. That, that's true. You you are right or, or on that. Or Darius was... Slay on the Lions, not Darius Slayton on the Giants. I'll give you that. He's the, I'll, he's I'll give the you original. That. He's been big play Slay for years. He's the guy. We'll find a new name for Darius Slayton. Okay, we'll. But we'll, it isn't big play Slay. We'll work on that. I'll give you that. All right, I, I will back off. I suppose off. if they play the Lions and he dominates Slay, then we could say he took the name from him. He earned it. Right. But until then, I mean, he he had an okay game last night, but he had some drops that I, some passes that he could have, could have, and I think should have caught that would have, you know, made his game even a better game and really helped Daniel Jones out. I tell my son all the time who loves to play sports, I'm like, you know, if you're the receiver, your job is to make your quarterback look good. Right. If, if you're playing, you know, outfield and, you know, the ball's hit to you. Your job is to make the pitcher look good by fielding it clean and getting it back into the infield. Your, your job is to make your to pick your teammates up, make them look good. And Slayton kind of didn't do – he had some opportunities to do that last night and, and uh, didn't quite hit the level that uh, you'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say on Daniel Dimes, too, is I feel like he's making a lot of people eat their words on him not being that good. Now, it is early. I mean, I don't want to judge him too quickly into, into what is this, his fourth game technically starting. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's looked good. I'm, I'm happy for the kid. I had him up there at number three behind Murray and Haskins. So, I mean, I feel like, well, we haven't really got a chance to see Haskins, which is unfortunate. But I think Murray has actually kind of proven himself quite well, even though he's not winning. Uh, I think both him and Daniel Dobbs have proved themselves to be fairly good cornerbacks at the NFL level so far. So I'm interested to see where the rest of the season goes for them. With that being said, let's jump in and start talking about all of the games for, or the rest of the games for week six. We eating all day, bro. 
Before we start breaking down the games, I just want to let everybody know, in case you haven't paid attention, you have got four teams on a bye this week. The Buffalo Bills, the Chicago Bears, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Oakland Raiders. You pretty much got uh, two to four teams on a bye the rest of the season, except for week 10, where there's six teams on a bye. So that is definitely going to be a rough week for a lot of people's fantasy teams, more than likely. The first game that we are going to start with today is the Panthers and the Buccaneers. An interesting game, uh, probably be a little bit more interesting, well, maybe not if Cam Newton was playing, because Kyle Allen has definitely showed up and played well. So in this one, the Panthers are getting 2.5 points, and the Buccaneers, though, are being given the 55% chance to win this game. No real serious injuries when it comes to the offensive side for either team. IDP League, Shaq Thompson possibly being out. He's questionable for the Panthers, a big deal. I just traded for him, actually, in a league, uh, which I'm pretty excited about getting him. So for the Panthers side, the Bucks are good against the run, but they are the fourth worst in fantasy points against the wide receiver, meaning they give up a ton of points to the wide receiver position. So with that being said, how do you feel about starting Samuel or Moore, either, neither, or both on them going into this matchup? Well, I, I think you've got to. They've got a great matchup. Uh, if, if you're playing against the fourth worst team against wide receivers, uh, hopefully it, that's one of those games where you don't even mind owning both guys on your team. Yeah. So it, if, if I have more, I'm definitely starting starting him. And I think, you know, Moore is clearly the number one yeah. on that team in my eyes. I think Samuel has the possibility to become the 1B, uh, but he's not there yet. And he's developing into his role. You know, he stretches the field more, you know, longer throws. You have, uh, you don't complete quite as many of them. But this team is. Re, they rely on Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. He's the, the motor. He's the heart and soul of that team. And they go the way he goes. So in their earlier matchup, you know, McCaffrey struggled a bit. Uh, now he's coming into this one. He's had a little bit of a back issue this week. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. I don't expect him to sit out. Um, you know, when he did go out last week, Reggie Bonifant had a nice touchdown run. So, uh, uh, that doesn't do you any good unless you're playing quote unquote team running backs, which uh, I don't know that anybody does. Uh, so you're, you're going to keep track of the injury reports. They may reduce um, McCaffrey's workload some, uh, and it, this may be an easy game to reduce it because Tampa is so poor against the, uh, um, the pass. I mean, Tampa's, they're fourth worst against wide receivers and second worst against tight end. Mm -hmm. This could be a, a, a big Greg Olson day. Greg Olson popping back up on the fantasy radar. Hasn't really done much since week two, but that would be, uh, 
that'd be good to see. They are playing in London as well, this game at 8.30 in the morning, so definitely make sure to set your lineups and check uh, check uh, early early Sunday mornings or possibly late Saturday nights. Um, I agree with you on the more thing. I'm a little bit more hesitant on Samuel. Uh, I just feel like... Uh, Man, after that first game with Allen, I feel like it's mostly been more or CMC. And so I feel like that with what, especially with what we've seen out of CMC the past couple weeks, that has limited Samuel's upside some. I do agree with you with the matchup. that They probably both have to be in there. But I would feel comfortable throwing more in like a wide receiver slot. Samuel, it'd probably have to be like a middle-tier flex for me. I'm a little bit more worried about Samuel. I still think he could have a good game, uh, but if I've got other options, I think I'd rather take the shot on them uh, just based on, again, him being really that third option in that offense. And with Kyle Allen, I I just haven't seen enough out of him. Uh, He's played good. But I haven't seen enough out of him to think that he'll he'll be able to keep a bunch of fantasy options of it, or make a bunch of fantasy options uh, uh, viable this week, if that makes sense. Well, how about this, Curtis Samuel or Robbie Anderson? Oh, well, it's Curtis Samuel for e- easily on that one. I don't think there's anybody outside of Bell. I'm starting on the Jets. We'll, we'll obviously talk about that more when we get to the Jets game. But yeah, that's not even a, yeah, you, a question. You don't, you for don't me. think the return of Sam is gonna? Lift nah, them back up. Not this week, no. Not against that Cowboys defense. And trust me, every time I make a, every time I say something nice about the Cowboys, I shave like ten minutes off my lifespan. So trust me, I try to <laughs> limit it as to as much as little as possible. So me admitting that is a big deal. We'll, we'll talk more about it. But yeah, I'm, like I said, middle. I think middle middle flex option is is a fair. I play in a lot of two flex as you do. So he'd probably be in my second flex spot, but he wouldn't be one of my top choices. Like I'll just give you a. Uh, a, a quick one, real quick. Uh, we'll, we'll obviously talk about the Cardinals later too. I have an option of putting him in my second flex or Christian Kirk. Now, obviously, Christian Kirk is a game time decision, but right now, assuming he plays, I'm actually kind of leaning Kirk because I think like he has a better chance of being a, a better player because I do think he is kind of Kyler Murray's go to guy when he's on the field. Where Samuel, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know what to think with Kyle Allen. So and I know he's been good the past couple weeks, but. It really seems like Moore has been the one who stepped up. Uh, I, I don't want to say more, but Moore has stepped up more with Kyle Allen being out there than Samuel has. So, how about uh, Curtis Samuel or AJ Brown? Ooh, who are the Titans playing this week? I gotta look that up. Broncos. Man, you know what? I might actually lean AJ Brown. Because I think I think Harris will probably be on Corey Davis, and he's shut everybody down. But the other side has had. I mean, the Broncos have given up a couple, a little bit of points in the past. So I don't know. I probably I'd, I'd I'd probably lean Brown because I think he's got that touchdown upside. Where I don't think Samuel has that. I think Samuel's getting you receiving yards and 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 catches, but I don't see the touchdowns coming for him. Where I see that with Brown, Curtis Samuel or AJ or Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, without it, without a, without a question for me, I think that's going to be a, uh, a I don't want to say a shootout, but I think it's going to be a big passing game for them. Vikings are too good against the run. Yeah, actually, that 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 was a misplaced one. I was looking at total points, and oh, gotcha. Jeffrey has about a five point <laughs> average on him. So, gotcha. Uh, about Curtis Samuel or Randall Cobb? Oh, that's Samuel for me. I think this is going to be, God, see, here we go again. You're just trying to kill me early, aren't you? Amari Cooper and and Michael Gallup game for me. I don't see Cobb doing much, so I'd take Samuel over Cobb. Uh, Curtis Samuel or Paul Richardson? 
Oh, Samuel. I don't think there's anybody viable outside of Terry McLaurin in that offense. And I would I would I'd bet money on, on Paul Richardson not doing well this week, even though it is against Miami. Well, Xavier Howard is gonna be on McLaurin. Yeah. So I'm not that worried about it. I think Xavier I don't know if it's I'll put it this way. I still think Xavier Howard is a legit cornerback, but he has not looked the same this year. And I, I'm going to say I think it's because of how bad that defense is overall, not necessarily him. As, as yeah, I said, you can't cover forever. Exactly. You, I mean, you can, especially with with Terry McLaurin. How we realized he's a lot faster than people thought he was at Ohio State because we both know. I feel like he just wasn't used properly in that Urban Meyer offense. I mean, after running around with that guy for so long, defense not getting to the quarterback or anything. There's only so much you can do before you just start getting tired. So yeah, I would, I would, I would still think McLaurin's going to have a, an okay day, but we'll don't want to skip too far ahead. Um, Let's see here. What are we? Buccaneers. Buccaneers. As we talked about the Panthers. So for Tampa Bay's side here, the Panthers are fifth against the run. So that probably means steer clear of of my guy and fantasy superstar. Um, my God, I just forgot his name. That's really bad. Ronald Jones. I was going to call him Ronald Barber for some reason. Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. Although I do think Peyton Barber probably has some some touchdown upside because they do like to use him in the goal uh, or in the end zone. But they are 25th against the pass for, for fantasy points right now, giving up a lot of points to wide receivers. Obviously, Chris Godwin, he's the wide receiver one right now. If you're even thinking about benching him, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. The big question for me is, do you think this could be a bounce-back game for Evans and Winston? I know you put on here, who does Bradbury cover? I'd imagine he goes with Godwin, because in my opinion, I really feel like Godwin has has shifted himself to the one in this offense. Me and me and Matt talked about this on the episode yesterday. I mean, in Bruce Arians' offense, if you go all the way back to when he was in Pittsburgh, the slot receiver has always been the go-to guy, the best player on the offense. You know, I, I I like to go back to Pittsburgh because everybody talks about in Arizona. What well, was Larry Fitzgerald? Well, I, I know that, but Santonio Holmes is not a Hall of Famer, and he was a phenomenal slot receiver for those Steelers when Bruce Arians was there. Notice when he went to the Jets, he did nothing. So I think the slot is just for whatever reason Bruce Arians just gets the most out of that position. So I would assume Bradbury covers Godwin. But who do you think he covers? And if he does cover Godwin, or if you think he covers Godwin as well, do you think this could be a bounce back game for Evans and Winston? Yeah, I I think if they if they put him, see, I still think Evans is the number one, and I think that he's shown that uh, with you know he's drawn the, he's drawn the best cover guy, which is opening things up for Godwin. And even if Godwin is in the slot, what happens a lot of times is the outside corners don't play in the slot. So Godwin is getting favorable matchups. Um, they want to make a concerted effort, though, to get targets to uh, Mike Evans. And Jameis Winston has no fear of forcing the ball into anywhere. So, well, I think the potential is there for a bounce-back game. It could also be one of those three interception games because Jameis feels the need to get the ball to Mike Evans. Yeah, uh, I think that Evans and Godwin are both going to have good games. Uh, it, it's a, you know, they're both excellent receivers. I think it's a perfect time to go buy Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the 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 volatility that you're going to get with Evans. 
it can be better or worse with wide receivers, but really all of them are. I mean, Christian McCaffrey scored what five point seven points again in his last game against the Buccaneers and yeah. what week two or three, something like that. It was week so, two, yeah. The volatility exists with even the best players. Yeah, and and you just kind of have to learn to live with that and hope that when you have somebody that has a game like McCaffrey had in week two or Evans had when he put the goose egg up, that you've got a deep enough team to make up for that. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. That's the luck of the draw. Um, but I think Evans is going to have a good game. I think Godwin's going to have a good game. Uh, and, and by default, uh, Winston. Uh, it's it's a tough spot to be in for the tight ends there. Just that, that offense... Uh, I know they they're talking about getting OJ Howard involved and uh, Brayton Howard are almost exactly this. They both have one. Had, Howard has 11 catches. Brayton has 10. It's uh, they're averaging both averaging two catches a game. So it's just one of those things that uh, if you're going to play one of those two tight ends, you're hoping they get an end zone shot. Yeah, I think for me, I'm, I mean, we both talked about it, or at least I know I did. I said that I did not think that Howard was going to uh, to do much this year because of Godwin and Evans there, and I, I don't, I'm not at all buying into they're going to get him more involved. I just don't see it. Uh, who are you picking for this game, the Panthers or the Buccaneers? I'm going to take the Panthers. As am I. Next up, we have the. Oh, the game that is going to cause me all kinds of issues and heart problems this weekend, and that's the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Seahawks are being given the 53% chance to win this game, and they are being given 1.5 points. The Browns, surprisingly, are 11th against the pass, even with the really beat-up secondary that they have. They've only given up the 11th most points to wide receivers. With that being said, you're obviously starting Lockett. Him and Russell have that magnificent co- uh, connection. Obviously had like probably the catch of the year on Thursday night last week. That was beautiful. Wasn't it, it was. My God, it was an amazing catch. Um, but with that being said, would you fire up Metcalf? I'm, I'm a little hesitant on him. I do think he has a chance because we have seen while the Browns have been good against wide receivers, they have the tendency to give up the big play. And that really seems to be Metcalf's forte. So what do you think about Metcalf against the Browns this weekend? I think Metcalf is definitely flex-worthy. The issue that I think Seattle is going to face is they're down Dwayne Brown and DJ Fluker. So they're missing their left tackle and their right guard. And they're also down Ethan Pochick, who is their backup right guard. So now they're starting second-year man, uh, Ohio State Buckeye Jamarco Jones uh-huh. uh, at, at right guard. So they're, they're down three of their top six offensive linemen. Uh, what that means is that uh, Joby and Garrett and uh, – oh, who's the dude we got from the Giants? I forget his name now. Uh, Olivier Vernon. Olivier Vernon. I knew it was something French sounded. Uh, you know, these guys are going to have an opportunity to get after the, the quarterback. Uh, now, that being said, Russell is one of the best mobile quarterbacks, and we saw with that pass to Lockett last week. You know, when he gets out there, he's still just as deadly. He isn't, yeah. he's not looking to run, uh, for the most part. Now he can run great. So that's where I think Metcalf comes into play is 
if that line is going to, if they expect that line to be uh, breached, I think they're going to start rolling out. They're going to get, they're, they're going to get uh, Wilson out of the pocket and they're going to bring uh, Metcalf down the field and, and see what they can do. And that's, so I, I'm comfortable flexing Metcalf this week. I, I don't think he's going to get 10 targets, but he's, he's, in my eyes, established himself as uh, sort of that Ted Ginn mold where, yeah. you know, a four-target, two-catch, 90 yards and a touchdown uh, isn't out of the the uh, range of outcomes for him. You know, one for 12 isn't either, but he's going to uh, – they're going to take some shots to him. Uh, especially when you're missing Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward. Oh, yeah. Well, all right, let me ask you really quick before we uh, move on to the Brown side, Metcalf or Curtis Samuel? I think I would still go Samuel because I believe the volume will be there. Right. Um, And the potential for a touchdown that comes with the volume. Samuel is uh, probably a much better – five-yard pass, 50-yard touchdown guy mm-hmm. versus uh, Metcalf, who it's going to – you know, Metcalf is going to be the air yards guy. Having said that, I do realize that uh, I've seen a bunch of tweets about uh, Curtis Samuel being at the top of the league in air yards. So I, I think that that is something that, uh, uh, you know, puts him kind of on the verge of a breakout, uh, much like Will Fuller was last week. Not that I'm calling for 200 yards and three touchdowns. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right, so don't right. Don't me, fellas and ladies. Yeah, so um, I think I'd go Metcalf there. I think he. I, I agree with you. I think uh, Samuel has the the safer floor, but Metcalf I think has the higher ceiling right now. I, I I get what you're saying about Samuel. I'm just I'm not sure this week is is the breakout game for for him against that Buccaneers team because I I think they're still going to try and go mainly through Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Chris Carson is good to go, though. The Browns giving up the 21st most points against the run, uh, and they rely on him heavily. Uh, I think he's easily just, you're, he's in your lineup every week until, until, uh, he gives you a reason to take him out. On the Browns side, though, the Seahawks are 20th against the run. Um, now I would say that's good news for Nick Chubb, except it seems like the Browns just do not want to run the ball at all. So obviously Chubb is in your lineup, but I'm honestly hesitant to think he'll have a great game here. Yet, the Seahawks are also 19th against the pass, so they're really in the back half, uh, or 19th points, uh, 19th most points uh, for wide receivers, so they're in the back half here in both categories. What do you think this does for the wide receivers? We saw Callaway come back, and he should have had a touchdown. He, you know, pulled all the, as I like to call Amari brick hands, uh, he pulled out the brick hands again on Monday night against the 49ers and, and tipped that ball up in the air, should have had a touchdown. Odell has been almost completely non-involved in this offense the past two weeks. Landry has been the go-to guy. Who would you be starting on this Browns uh, wide receiver core against a, a, a you know lower-tier uh, pass defense here in the Seahawks? Well, before I answer that, I can't believe you skimmed right over the tight end five and Uncle Will Disley. 
Oh, he's an automatic start, though. I apologize. We we talked about this. I, I see it's so hard because I'm so used to. It's always it's always been you and me in the past. So I'm so used. So sometimes in my head, I think we already talked about this. Yeah, I mean, me, me and Matt talked about this yesterday. Will Disley is in your lineup every single week. There is no reason to bench him for anybody unless you've got. You know, I was trying to think. I not Zach Ertz. Why am I? And Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Uh, or yeah. If you have or... if you have Kelsey or Kelsey and Hooper. Will Disley, I yeah or Hooper. Well, that was the other one. We decide when we talked about it yesterday. It was Hooper and Disley have to be in your lineup every single week because they have proven they are right now with especially with the way Ertz has kind of struggled. Ingram injured. Kittle had a good game on Monday night, but really hasn't done much. I mean, those two have proven they're right there with Kelsey's the best tight ends in the league right now. Yeah, I, I concur. Anyways, so you were asking me about the Cleveland wide receivers. Yeah, would you feel which ones would you feel comfortable starting? All three, just one, two. What what's your feelings on those on those three guys? Well, I'm uh, OBJ and Landry are starts. You're okay. gonna put them in your lineup. Sometimes, you know, again, it comes back to the volatility of the sport uh, and taking what's there. Sometimes it's going to be Landry. Sometimes it's going to be OBJ. Uh, I, I think that there is a little frustration growing in Cleveland, but the genesis of it is the offensive line. Yeah. If they can't block people, then Baker's got happy feet. And when he's got happy feet, he's not as accurate. Uh, he, he Early in the season, he was leaving the pocket before he needed to. Um, so his, his accuracy is suffering. It, it's been a challenging season for the Browns so far. Uh, I don't think I, I, I'm not rolling Callaway out, especially with uh, Higgins expected back this week. I think actually Higgins will probably be on the field more because I, while Callaway is the more explosive of the two, I think Higgins is the more reliable of the two. And right now it's a situation where the Browns are sort of short circuiting and they they need that reliability. So I I think it's going to be I think they are going to give Ch- Chubb the ball more. Uh-huh. I I think they're going to try to control have a little more of a controlled passing game, and that plays to Higgins. So Higgins is kind of the Higgins and Landry are the two guys that are the the more reliable of the receivers. Beckham's got great hands, but Beckham I think. If he has one downfall, it's he 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 kind of has the same mindset as my eight year old son in that it, that nothing short of a touchdown is a good reception. Yeah, and so he every time he catches the ball, he wants to take it for a touchdown, uh, and it, it's you know he he's got a the, the offense hasn't meshed yet, and whether that's Freddie's play calling is isn't been as good uh, the all. The offensive line hasn't been solid this year. It, it's it is going to be a little more of a challenging game, I think, because the offensive line. Uh, I'd love to see him put a package together and go get Trent Williams. I've seen some of that floating around. Yeah, um, Trent's not going to go back to Washington. I think uh, that's become pretty clear. And and so if we could if we could get that anchor left tackle, uh, you know that that would be something. Yeah, it would definitely help out the offense a lot if they could make that happen. Uh, something I pointed out the other day, and, and, and them losing Zeitler, I think, is 
really actually kind of hurt them more than we thought it was going to be. We all kind of got in, uh, in low, or I shouldn't say loped, but we all got excited when we saw Olivier Vernon coming back, and then a week later, here comes Odell, and, and we kind of forgot that Zeitler really kind of made that offensive line really good and, and gave us just that one weakness at left tackle, and losing Zeitler with Hubbard dealing with the issues he's been dealing with has really kind of gave that offensive line two weaknesses, and, and I mean, when you have two weaknesses on an offensive line, and then a quarterback like Baker, who I think we can be honest and say, be, due to him not being Tom Brady and being as tall as Tom Brady is, it does limit his windows at times. So he has to have clear throwing windows, which is another reason why he probably, I think, has to boot and get out of the pocket as often as he does because those defensive linemen get through and he's trying to open up some throwing windows. So it's just, it's been bad all around. Hopefully they get it turned around. This is a winnable game for them, I think. And, and I do think they have a chance to be in it. But something that I would say, you got to go back to the Ravens game and you just got to run the ball. I mean, it was... We saw what they were able to do against that Ravens team, and I know the Ravens were are really actually kind of bad against the run, but if you were to go back and watch that game, Chubb was actually getting held up for the most part in that game, yet they kept with it, kept running the ball, and that offense just looked completely different in my opinion uh, with them being able to run the ball as, uh, the way they did against the Ravens than, than what they've really done all season. What uh, Who are you picking to win this game, the Seahawks or the Browns? Oh, as much as it pains me, I'm taking the Seahawks. I can't do it. Can't do it. Taking the Brownies. And I'm hoping I'm going to be right, but I probably won't be. Next up, we've got the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Probably one of the better early window games here. KC being given the 66% chance to win this game and are being given four points. On the KC's, I'm sorry, on the Texans side here. So the Chiefs are giving up the 31st most points against the run. So would you start Carlos Hyde with any confidence knowing that? Well, I, I think you do start Hyde, but I, I think you have to temper your expectations. Uh, the Texans trust Hyde. He's played solid. Um, you know, uh, Duke Johnson has ran, ran the ball well. The trouble comes from the high point is uh, if Kansas City gets out to a couple touchdown lead, that nullifies Hyde's role with the team. Yeah, uh, you know he does. He he is a capable pass catcher, but he's not a Duke Johnson level pass catcher. Uh, you know he's he's a good pass protector. Uh, so depending on how that offensive line is playing, you know he may be in there a, a little bit more uh, if they're playing catch up. But Duke really, even though the Texans don't throw the ball as much as other teams to the running back, uh, Duke is the pass catching back on that team. Um, Hyde is just a workman like dude. He comes to work with his lunch pail. He's going to get you four yards, and if you get him, if if you get it, get to the five yard line, he's going to fight for every inch to get it into the end zone. You know, he's big, six foot, two thirty, uh, four six, four six five guy. Uh he, he needs a head start if he's gonna outrun those defensive backs. Um but I, I'm comfortable with Hyde in my flex spot or as my RB three. 
All right, uh, the the Chiefs are also 17th against the pass. We, we've seen DeAndre Hopkins has kind of struggled this year. He's getting the receptions, he's getting the targets, just not getting that many yards, and, and I think the touchdowns has been his biggest problem this year compared to uh, years prior. Do you think this is finally that breakout game for him against the Chiefs this week? And uh, Really the hoping for a, a double-digit game, the, the, next, the first he's had since week one. Yeah, I... I- you you have to believe that you know it's freaking DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he he's not any less popular. Yeah, Will Fuller does what Will Fuller does, which is have these blow up games sometimes. Uh, and Will Fuller has that deep ball connection with Deshaun Watson, but DeAndre Hopkins is still DeAndre Hopkins, and. If you got him, you're rolling him out there, and, and the expectation is is that he's going to get you six to nine catches, yeah, a hundred yards, hundred plus yards, and a touchdown. Does that mean that he's going to have some bad games? Yeah, probably because that's just how it goes. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be fine this week. I, I do. I'm I'm with you. I think he actually uh, has a bounce back week. Uh, Kind of reminds us all of, of why we love him so much. On the Kansas City side here, so the Texans defense is actually pretty good. Eighth against the, or giving up eighth most points against the run and 11th against the pass. So they're right there in the top 10 and in stingier the defense is here for fantasy. You're obviously throwing Mahomes and Kelsey in there. Those guys are no-brainers. Um, what, what do you think about this running back situation with three guys back here, all three getting very, um, uh, almost in, in all honesty, a split in split decision in the carries and, and passing situations here. And then there is thoughts that Tyree kill might play this week. Would you be willing to throw him in if he does play? I, I at this point, if Tyree kill is on your team, have any of the other options stepped up to the potential that Tyreek Hill has? No, they've each had like one good game, and Robinson, I think Robinson Watkins and B. Cole Hardman have all had one good game, and that's it. Well, I, I don't even mean on the Chiefs. I mean on, on your team, if you oh, have Tyreek gotcha. Hill on your team, the guys that you've been playing while he's out, do any of them have Tyreek Hill's potential? No, or you'd have been playing them before Tyreek Hill got injured. So if Tyreek Hill plays, I, I do think you have to kind of temper your expectations on uh, how many snaps he's going to play. But if he if he's healthy and they put him in the game, they're going to try to get the ball to him. They're going to give him some opportunity. Uh, I don't think they're going to play him if they think there's any danger to his shoulder. You know, he had a, a broken clavicle or a fracture cracked clavicle or something. So they want to, you know, you, you don't want to bring somebody back too early because when you're playing uh, a game where the object of that is to hit the other guy with the full force of your body, you want to make sure that those bones are healed up because it doesn't take much to re-injure it. So if they're going to play him, I believe that he's fully healthy and that they're the only thing that's going to hold back is going to be conditioning. That being said, I did see a blurb on Roto World today where they said he's been running scout team this week. If that's the case, then I have a little 
less confidence that he's actually going to play. It might be one of those situations where they say, yeah, he's probably ready, but we'll give it one more week. I got you. So who who are you taking to win this game, the Texans or the Chiefs? I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Texans. I I like Watson in this one. I think he has a chance to to pull the upset. Next game on the docket is one that uh, I guess uh, many have been labeling the the tank for Tua Bowl here between the Washington Redskins and the Miami Dolphins. Oh, man, I can't. I don't even really, really want to talk about this game. But Washington being given 3.5 points and the 63% chance to win this one. The Dolphins, surprisingly, I mean, you would not really think this, but are actually fairly good against the pass, only giving up the eighth most points. So, or the eighth fewest. I keep saying the eighth most. The eighth fewest points against wide receivers, but the 28th most against the run. With that being said, 28th most against the run, you willing to throw Adrian Peterson in your lineup one more time? Uh, I certainly am. I think that uh, Bill Callahan has made it clear that his intention is to run the ball. Um, and I think he's playing against a team that you can run the ball against. Yeah. So okay. I don't, do I think Peterson is going to have one of those 20 carries for 150 yards? Uh, no, I think that he's going to struggle probably to, you know, he's going to be right around four yards a carry. Uh, Peterson is well past his prime. Uh, I think he's at that point where, He's playing for the love of the game and the money, and it's you know it's because it's all he knows how to do at this point. It, it, and he's going to play hard when when he goes out there. He's going to give you everything he's got. And I I think Callahan has has said now the trouble being that offensive line minus Trent Williams isn't super, right. so they're you know rolling Keenum back out there. Uh, the hope, I think, is is that he'll be able to to recognize the defenses, keep them off balance, get them in the right play, uh, make some plays with Terry McLaurin and, and Richardson. Uh, I'm not sure who's rolling out there at tight end for him. Uh, Sprinkle. I'm not sure Old sure who's dirty. healthy. He may be the only guy they have yeah. have left that's healthy. Um, but I, I it I think it's a game. If you if you could only start Adrian Peterson. For one game this year, this is the game. Yeah. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I think uh, I'm still throwing Terry McLaurin out there a- a- as a flex player. I know he's got Xavier and Howard, but I think he's their best option on offense. I think he's still going to get the ball, especially with Case Keenum throwing the ball. We saw those two had a, a pretty decent connection uh, in-, in the first two weeks there. And again, against a good Dallas defense, uh, he still put up some points. So I'm liking McLaurin this week. The Dolphins side of things here. So the Redskins um, are giving up the 17th most points against the run. Uh, does that make you willing at same thing on their side? Does that make it more uh, more enticing to throw Drake in there and, and hoping to get some fantasy points out of him this weekend? Yeah, I think he's flex-worthy probably this weekend. Uh, you know, Mark Walton is climbing the depth chart there, pushing Kalen Balazs down to, uh, uh, you know, toll booth taker. <laughs> Um, old Kalen Balaj. What's that? Oh, I said old Kalen Balaj. I was I was yeah. never high on him, and I'm I'm loving. No, I shouldn't say loving because you never want to see a a kid's uh 
a kid kind of, not, I shouldn't say flame out, not struggle to be in the NFL, but I just love how 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 adamant his truthers were that he was going to be like the next best thing at running back. They're a lot like Ronald Jones truthers. Ah, I disagree. Ronald Jones is still in the NFL, buddy. Putting up RB2 numbers. What's Galen Blas doing? Nothing. Nothing. passes because he's, he's supposed to be a good pass catcher. I know. Anyways. Bad, but yes, continue. Uh, no, I think Drake is worth a shot. I mean, this team's got to do something. You know, I, they named, named Rosen the starter for the rest of the season. And I think that's got to give him some confidence to go out there and say, look, they're not going to – I don't need to look over my shoulder. I need to just relax, play football do it to the best of my ability, control the things that I can control, um, which means he's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly because Miami's offensive line is pretty lousy. Uh, but he's got Preston Williams and uh, I think Jakeem Grant may be healthy again or Albert Albert Wilson, maybe Grant's a back on IR, I'm not sure. And they got Devontae Parker. And, you know, maybe – Rosen develops a little bit of chemistry with Mike Gesicki like he had with Caleb Wilson at UCLA. You know, Wilson was this big, fast, tight end, and they had a pretty good connection in college. And so maybe now that he's settled in, uh, Gesicki can show that he's more than just this freak athlete and he can actually play football, and and Rosen can uh, make some plays with him. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Williams and Parker. So the Redskins are giving up the 24th most points against the pass. Uh, With Rosen being the starter out there, are you willing to throw either one of those in or you got to give it a week or two and see what those guys can do? You know, I'm Williams over Parker, uh, and I'm I'm starting Williams in a couple spots this week. Uh, Part of it, some of it's injuries and buys. Um, I like Williams' talent. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that him and Rosen and Drake, who I think all are pretty talented guys, are playing on this team that's just tanking. Yeah. Uh, you know, the players go out there and play hard, and the coaches coach hard. Um, the front office is the one, you know, they, they put them in this position. Uh, and as a fantasy owner, you know, I, I've got a couple teams – I've been selling off my assets. I mean, I started uh, uh, Samaj P. Ryan, uh, Rashad Penny, and Mike Davis as my three running backs in one league a couple weeks ago. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who are you was. picking? Who are you picking to win the ta- uh, the Tua Bowl here? The Pan- I don't know why I was about to say the Panthers. The Redskins or the Dolphins? I'm going Redskins. As am I. Next up, we've got uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. Another good game here in this early window. Minnesota being given three points and being given the 65% chance to win the game. For the Eagles here, Vikings are stout on offense. Third best against the pass and 13th best against the run, which is interesting because it really seems like the Eagles may be due to the injuries they've had at wide receiver, but they've gone extremely run heavy here the past few weeks. So with the Vikings being 13th against the run, would you trust throwing in Howard or Sanders this week? If I can avoid it, I probably am. And part of that is due to 
it seems like Howard is taking control of that backfield. Yeah. But do you really have the confidence in that? You know, Sanders is flashed. He he's much more dynamic. And it, it's you know, when I, I, I wanna believe, you know, when Howard was a rookie, I drafted him in a twenty team dynasty and, and was in the third round and I was delighted when he, with the year that he had. But he is who he is, and you know he he's a very poor man's version of Adrian Peterson. He doesn't catch the ball terribly well. Uh, he's not as athletic as Peterson, uh, but he does play that same type of you know grind it with volume game. And if he doesn't get the volume, then he doesn't wear you down. And if he doesn't wear you down, then he doesn't break those ten and twelve and fifteen yard runs. So it's tough to start either one of them because Peterson, it, I, well, I guess you have to buy the, well, he uses the committee backfield. It was like that with Andy Reid until he had LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. Uh, and, and it comes down to talent. And right now, I don't think Sanders, the combination of talent and experience, uh, doesn't match for Sanders and the combination of experience and talent doesn't match Belkow for uh, 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 Howard. So you have to kind of, it. you know, if you're forced to start them, then you're going to, you're going to play them. And if I was going to be forced to play one of them, I think I would rather play Howard. Ooh, interesting. See, I'd go the opposite way. I'd go Sanders just because he's getting so involved in the receiving game. I know Howard has, uh, I guess you could say that touchdown upside because he is used there in the red zone, but the amount of balls that have been thrown uh, Sanders' way here, especially with all the injuries at wide receiver, they don't seem to trust Nelson Aguilar anymore. Uh, I would feel comfortable. I wonder why. Well, it's because he drops balls like Antonio Callaway. That's why. Uh, so I, uh, I'd feel fine starting Sanders. I'm with you. I mean, if if you're looking for a guy who's going to get you touchdowns, you probably need to throw Howard in your lineup as a flex. I would not feel comfortable starting either one as an RB two this week. But I do like Sanders again, just just based on what we've seen out of the receiving game. For um for their wide receivers, though, again, as I mentioned, third best against the pass. So they have really been doing a good job shutting down passing offenses. There's really only two options in this pass offense as well, in Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey. Zach Ertz, tight end position as weak as it is. You're throwing him out there regardless because he is that big red zone threat. But what about Alshon Jeffrey? Would you consider benching him this week with such a tough matchup? Yeah, I... I... I think you would, and it would, but it would depend on who you have on on your bench. Curtis uh, Samuel. What about Curtis know, Samuel? I, I think I think I I think I might. Samuel's going up. A, a, he's got a favorable matchup. Yeah. And Jeffrey's going to be getting a heavy dose of Xavier Rhodes. And well, there are times when Jeffrey, just based on his size can win the matchup against a good cornerback. Xavier Rhodes is 6'1 and 210 pounds. So he's not that he's not small. Uh, so he can hold up with Jeffrey and, and I think he's faster than Jeffrey. Oh, I have no doubt. I like Alshon Jeffrey and, and I think this is the time of season where you're having to evaluate your teams. Uh, you know, what's your record and, and can you make a push? 
Jeffrey is somebody I think you start looking to get on your team. Uh, uh, Garrett Price or Dynasty Rich today, we're talking on, on the Nerd Herd podcast about Alshon Jeffrey and Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and their schedule down the stretch and in the playoffs. And it's super favorable. And you're going to probably be able to get Alshon Jeffrey at a pretty reasonable price. So while he may not get you much this week, and he's probably going to have other weeks where he doesn't get you much, he does have a pretty favorable schedule to close out the year. And, you know, we're all playing for the championship. Yeah, you got to get there first. So that's always my biggest fear about trading for for players like that, especially if you need them before we get to that point and, and they don't come through for you. On the Eagles side, so they are giving up the 19th most points against a run and the 30th most against the pass. So they have just been getting destroyed. Makes a little bit of sense here, though. Their secondary is extremely beat up. Dalvin Cook is an obvious start. I mean, he's been phenomenal at running back up there in the top three. I mean, dude has looked almost unstoppable so far this season. But what about Diggs and Thielen? We saw the squeakly, the squeakly, my goodness, the squeaky wheel got the grease last week in Adam Thielen. We saw Stefan Diggs, though, did not get much. There's still rumors that he might or might not want to be in Minnesota any longer. I mean, I think Thielen, there's not really a question on Thielen. You're playing Thielen. He does seem like he's still the number one. But what about Diggs? I actually think Diggs is going to have a big week this week. I think he is going to be the go-to guy. I think Thielen's going to get the tougher matchup. But what's your thoughts about Diggs in this matchup this week? I think both of the, the Vikings wide receivers are in to have good games. The caveat being... If Dalvin Cook rushes for 200 yards and scores three touchdowns against that terrible uh, rush defense, you know, if, if he breaks off a couple long runs and they get up, they're going to start grinding it with Cook and, and Alexander Madison. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll still throw the ball because you have to, but unless Philadelphia can put some points on the board – and, and make the Vikings have to pass, you could be in for another, you know, 22 attempt game from Kirk Cousins. God, so I hope not. you have to sort of take into consideration, do I think that's going to happen? Yes, it's in the range of outcomes. I think the Eagles will be able to score some points. Uh, so I think that they're going to have to still throw the ball. So I'm comfortable putting any of... Cook, Diggs, Thielen, and Cousins uh, in my starting lineup. Cousins probably more as a QB two for Superflex. Right. Uh, I'm I'm not into him as a, a QB one at all. Um, but I definitely think that there that any of the four of those guys, if you have them, uh, you have to really be stacked at a position to not be starting them. Yeah, I'm all, I'm I'm down on Captain Kirk this year, which is very disappointing because I really liked that guy a couple of years ago. He was he was one of my favorite QB ads over the past couple of years, and he has really let me down this season. Who you taking, the Eagles or the Vikings? I'm going to take the Vikings and Dalvin Cook. As am I. Next up, another interesting game, the New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville getting 2.5 points, but New Orleans the 54% chance to win this game. For the Saints, the Jags, 
Second fewest points against the pass and seventh fewest against the run. They have been phenomenal on defense. Still, even the second best against the pass, you're still starting Michael Thomas. That is a no-brainer. On the run side, though, it looks like Alvin Kamara is going to sit this week. He popped up on the injury report today, which is not good. There's already rumors coming out that it's unlikely for him to play Sunday. If he doesn't play, how confident are you firing up Latavius Murray in your RB2 spot? I don't feel super good about it. Okay. Uh, not quite what I thought you were going to go, but tell me why. Uh, I, He's not a special guy. And, well, I... You know, again, he's sort of that uh, grinder, uh, and that's not really uh, New Orleans' offense. Will he have an okay game? Probably. He might break some. He's got decent speed, but I, I, I think if if Kamara is out, then I, I'm looking for them to start to to be more pass centric. They're going to go Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith. Uh, Jared Cook, uh, you know, Teddy showed that, was it last week where he racked up four touchdowns or something like that? Yeah, yeah, that was last week. Killed it in the past game. So I think that was a real big confidence booster. And so while the Jaguars have a good passing defense, I, I think that they'll be in a situation, uh, the Saints will be in a situation where they're going to have to score some points to to win the game, and they're going to have to move the ball. And I think you know Murray gets you a lot of two yard runs. Yeah. All right. So, so you, oh, go ahead. Sorry. You know, if you if you're looking for a low end, R, if you're looking for an RB three, maybe somebody that's going to get you, you know, seventy yards and hopefully a touchdown. I think Murray's your guy. All right, well, you were just talking about the passing game there. I mean, for me personally, and, and this is coming from someone who is big on Jared Cook and owns a lot of Jared Cook, uh, that you think this passing game might be able to do something here. For me, I'm only starting Michael Thomas. I cannot start Ginn or Cook. I just don't think either one's going to do anything. Uh, would you disagree with that? Is there anybody else that you would start outside of Thomas? Well, I, I think it, it comes down to your options. I, I You definitely are starting Thomas, but I think Ginn and Cook and Smith, are all guys that you that you're likely going to be in a position to have to take a chance on somebody. And okay. if you're looking at your last flex spot, you know if I'm if I let me let me put it this way: if I'm looking at Latavius Murray or Ted Ginn, it's probably a coin flip mm-hmm. because I, I'm gonna I feel like the the game script is going to favor Ginn. And Ginn is going to be the guy they take some shots with. So he's kind of DK Metcalf in that that way. So would I rather – I guess Murray would probably have the better floor if you're looking for seven points. Um, But I think I would probably go Ginn. All right. Interesting. On the Jaguar side, the Saints have been phenomenal against the run, fourth fewest points, but they are absolutely horrible against the pass. They are rated 32nd against the pass this year, even with Marshawn Lattimore being as good as he has been against number one wide receivers. Let's start on the rushing side. With the Saints being so good against the run, 
What are you thinking you're going to get out of Leonard Fournette? He's obviously still someone you're playing. You can't bench him uh, because he's actually been phenomenal. He's been a top 12 running back this year, which is good to see after people drafted him so long ago and hoping that they would get this every year. They're finally getting it out of him. Uh, But what would you kind of expect out of him going up against a very good rush defense? I think you're probably looking at 75 or 80 yards unless he breaks one of those long runs, which he's shown the proclivity to do this year. So he he may get you 65 yards and then break off a 60-yarder to pack on a bunch of extra yards. But he's also getting he's, – he's like the fourth or fifth highest targeted running back in yeah. the league this year. Yeah, he's getting a lot of passes. It's been, a, it's been a little surprising, to be honest. So he's not coming off the field. He's going to be out there. He's going to get his five, six, seven targets, and, and he's catching the ball. He's, I think he's averaging four receptions a game. So I, I'm, if I have Fournette, I'm starting him and, and I'm, you know, crossing my fingers on the big run, but also knowing that if they get close, he's a hammer. He's 230 pounds and he, he's going to hammer that ball in there if they need it. Minshew has shown himself to be a good quarterback. Yeah. He, he plays a, 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 Minshew is this year's Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I can see that. You know, while Mayfield didn't come out of nowhere, when they finally put Mayfield in, he just made plays. He was accurate. Uh, Minshew is doing that this year. You know, he's getting out of the pocket when he needs to. He's pulling plays out of his ass and throwing dimes. And and, and so he, he's getting it done. Uh, I think that uh, DJ Chark is going to have a tough game this week. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you about next. Is he, he's likely going to be the one matched up with Lattimore. Uh, and I mean, he has been on fire. He has been Minshew's guy. He's only had the one bad game so far. Still got you seven points in that game. So that's still not bad for, especially someone you likely picked up off the waiver wire or someone like me where I was taking him as like my last pick and that has really kind of worked out for me. What are your thoughts on, on the old Chark attack this weekend and Dee Westbrook, who is likely again going, to get the better matchup against Williams and going up against, as I said, a very poor defense when it comes to the passing game. Yeah, I, I think Didi's going to get fed. He's going to line up in the slot, and and he's going to uh, have a great game. Uh, I think who's on the other side? Conley is that who the other outside receiver is? Um, you know, he's going to be. It could be a, a Chris Conley game because he's going up against. Uh, uh, he, uh, oh, Buckeye Eli Apple, who can't seem to cover shit. All right, so who are you taking? Are you taking the Saints or the Jaguars to win this weekend? You know, I'm going to stick with Sir Leonard of Fournette to carry me to victory in the uh, Fantasy Football Roundtable Listener League. I like it. That's actually who I'm going with as well. Jaguars turning it around behind Minshew Mania. Next up, not a probably one of the right there up there with the Redskins in Miami in the one of the least interesting games here in this early window and the last one in the early window for us. And that's the Bengals and the Ravens, the Ravens being given the 81 percent chance to win this game and being given 11 points. So on the Bengals side, Ravens are the third best against the run and the seventh best against the pass. So. Very dominant defense, and the Bengals all around, well, let's just be honest, they suck. But if you have Boyd and Mixon, you're likely throwing them out there because of where you drafted them. You probably don't have anybody better. 
outside of those two, I mean, you have any other thoughts? It's just fire him up and hope for the best. You know, it's going to be it's it, the Bengals. They have offensive line problems across the board. Uh, you know, when Billy Price has been in, he hasn't looked good. You know, they're starting a rookie in Michael Jordan. It's it. it it is just a situation where if Cordy Glenn doesn't play, uh, it's unfortunate because Joe Mixon has had some, some plays where he's looked really good. And, and I feel for Mixon. Uh, Tyler Boyd looks great. You are starting them. You're going to put them out there. You're going to hope that they can do something on their own. Dalton, he's a QB too. He's a super flex QB. Uh, you're going to put him out there and uh, and hope he can get a little something. Uh, you know, Auden Tate's come on. He's having had a decent game two weeks ago. He didn't do as well this past week. Uh, but I, I, I like the where the Bengals are going. You know, their defense is playing pretty well. Sam Hubbard's playing well. Carlos Dunlap. Uh, you know, so the defense, it's – they've got holes. They make plays. They just don't do it consistently. And so that's how you end up with a, a defense that's 30th against the run is you got guys that that look great one play and then are nowhere to be found for three or four plays. Yeah. On, uh, so on the Bengals, or I'm sorry, on the Ravens side here, the Bengals 30th worst against the run and 22nd worst against the pass. So defense, while, while, as you've said, they look like they're improving and have some, some really good players on there. Overall, as a unit, they have just not been that good. Likely means you're in for a big week for Ingram. I think you're obviously firing up Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson as no-brainer plays. But what about Hollywood Brown? We've seen him have a couple good games, a couple bad games. Uh, you know, the touchdown really kind of saved him last week. Outside of that, doesn't do much. Uh, you think he's in for a good game here against the Bengals' defense? I, I think it. Uh, you know, he's questionable to play right now. Yeah. Uh, it, it, if he does, if he's healthy, you know the the opportunity is going to be there. But given the Bengals giving up as much yardage on the ground as they do, uh, Hollywood is probably going to have to hope for a big play to be able to uh, get any yardage volume and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I'm riding Mark Ingram this week. Uh, I, I think Jackson will have a a decent floor because of his running. Um, and I'm going to hope that, you know, as somebody who's got a lot of shares of Andrews, I'm going to hope yeah. that Jackson and Andrews can keep their connection going and Andrews can stay healthy. Yeah, I am right there with you on the Andrews thing. That was one one of the one of the calls that we we have gotten right here so far this year and putting him in our top five. That looks like that is definitely going to come through for us. Who you picking, the Ravens or the Bengals? The Ravens. As am I. Next up, possibly the best game of the weekend, at least in my opinion, the undefeated San Francisco 49ers going up against the 3-2 and Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are actually being given the 56% chance to win this game and are being given three points, which is, in all honesty, amazing to me for the Rams' side. I'm sorry, we'll start on the 49ers' side. I apologize. The Rams are 14th worst against the run and 18th against the pass. So right in the middle tier, really, of both of those. 
We saw Coleman and Breida go off against the Browns, who are obviously rated worse on defense than the Rams are. Do you think both have flex-worthy uh, plays? Or are they both flex-worthy plays this week in RB2 plays, or would you pick one or the other? Either, neither, or both, I guess is what I'm asking you. Well, I, I think that, you know, are we buying Tevin Coleman as the 1A again? Maybe. Breida seems to have looked better, but Coleman looked good. You know, maybe it was the Browns. Maybe it was he's just a pretty good fit for that offense. Uh, and if, if Breida hadn't busted the 80-yarder to open the game, you know, how would that have played out between them? Uh, I, I think that Coleman would have led the way fairly easily. Uh, but Breida's Great as a playmaker, I, you know I like him a lot. I would be, I, I definitely think they're both at, at a minimum flex worthy plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking at Roto World and and Shanahan's talking now about possibly having Jeff Wilson active. Oh God, and that's the last thing we need is the vulture that out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know he said it's between uh, Wilson and another guy. So hopefully it's the other guy. Because I don't think Mostert's injured, so that would have all four of those running backs. And uh, fantasy owners don't like—we don't like that when you've got four guys that can do stuff, and you want to get them all involved. Oh yeah. Uh, on the in the passing game, outside of Kittle, are you are you willing to throw anybody in your lineup? I mean, Pettis has looked okay. Uh, would have had a better day Monday night had he didn't had he not dropped that touchdown pass. We saw Debo have a great game two weeks ago, and then really nothing out of him in all the other games. Anybody outside of Kittle, you're trusting? Nope. Yeah, I'm right there yeah. with you. They got a, they've got, they've got a lot of potential, and they, but they lack consistency. Um, you know, it's it's funny because uh, Pettis Pettis reminds me of the old Daniel Koss joke about being a bad test taker, where he <laughs> says to the guy, "So wait, what you're telling me is you're really good at this, except the part where we validate that you're good." It's like Pettis is really good at this, except the part where we validate you can catch the ball. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's 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 a challenge. The, that 49ers wide receiver core, uh, they need they need somebody to take over and, and be the be the guy every single week. Uh, I I had a feeling it was going to be Samuel, but he hasn't done it yet, and. So now it's sort of up in the air. It's, it it, it looks it looks like it's not going to be Pettis, and I don't think Goodwin has the consistency to be able to do it. Um, so they may they may be wide receiver shopping in, in the uh, draft again next year. On uh, on the Rams side here, so surprisingly, even though NFL wise, this 49ers defense has been really good and, and and legit right up there with the the New England Patriots. Fantasy points wise, they are the 26th worst against the pass and 23rd worst against the run. So with that being said, there's a lot of talk that Gurley may sit this week as well. If Gurley sits, are you willing to fire up Malcolm Brown in his spot? I think you have to. Okay. If Especially if, if you're a girly owner who has Brown as the handcuff, I I can't imagine. I mean, who else who else do you think you have? Uh, you know, how, you, you can't have all the good running backs on your team. So whereas you might 
have Gurley in a running back spot. You probably have Brown in a flex spot. Yeah. Uh, Brown has showed that he can be a be a, a decent uh, a decent fill in. Uh, you know, he doesn't he, even with the knee issues, he doesn't have uh, the knee issues that Gurley has. Brown Brown is not as a dynamic a player. Um, so it, it'll it'll be interesting if Gurley's out. I think you know you, you do plug Brown into your lineup. Uh, but I think also, if Gurley is out, I'd be looking for a big passing game. As it is, I, I do think it's going to be a fairly high-scoring affair between these two teams. Yeah, so do uh, I. So I, I expect the wide receivers or the passing game to put up some uh, some points. I think uh, the 49ers, if they, if they can chew up chunks on the ground, it may prevent them from passing as much. But I definitely think the Rams are going to be moving the ball through the air. I could see them with, you know, only twelve a game where they only rush the ball twelve times. What about uh what about Gerald Everett? We know we're firing up Cooks, Woods, and Cooper Cup with with all of them having the potential to go off. Gerald Everett's had a couple good games here. You want to throw him in a tight end spot? I wanna believe, man. I do. Um but it's taken so long to get here and I know it takes two to three years and for a tight end, but they just signed Higby to a contract extension, so they they obviously like Higby. Um, I, you know, he's he's probably a top fifteen tight end with top eight upside. So I think when you, once you get up there around that ten or twelve, he's probably has as good a shot as anybody at scoring ten points. Yeah, I think I got to get one more game out of him. If he can show it to me this week, I'm willing to throw him in there. Uh, who are you picking in this one, the 49ers or the Rams? I'm going to take the Rams. I'm taking the 49ers. I think they're going to move to 5-0. and oh. Next up, Falcons and Cardinals. Uh, Atlanta getting 2.5 points. They are projected to win this with a 56% chance here. The, uh, the Cardinals are 32nd against the run, so the absolute worst, and 16th against the pass. Do you think Freeman continues to have the success we've seen out of him the past couple weeks against this Cardinals defense? Yeah, the Cardinals defense is terrible. Yeah. Uh, I think Freeman has success. I think Ido Smith has success. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be able to move the ball against the, the Cardinals. What about on the receiving core? We've seen Muhammad Sanu has stepped up big. I talked about him on the podcast with you last Friday. Said to go ahead and throw him in there. I thought that he was a. Uh, he's actually, in my opinion, been outplaying Calvin Ridley so far. Came through for you last week. Obviously, Ridley got the touchdown as well. Julio Ridley, Hooper, and Sanu have all been fantasy uh, really viable. Julio had the bad week last week. Which out of these, if you had to pick three out of these four to start in your lineups, which three would it be this week against a a mediocre pass defense in the in the Cardinals? Well, I'm definitely starting Hooper. I want all yeah. the Hooper I can get in this matchup. And then Julio is another easy choice. I mean, it's Julio freaking Jones. Yeah. So then it comes down to Ridley and Sanu. And so um, I, I feel like Ridley, he, he's having, he's kind of having that sophomore slump. He's struggling with consistency a little bit. Uh, Muhammad Sanu's been around and he does, plays all facets of the game well. He's an excellent blocker. He's going to be on the field. Uh, you know, he can get involved with the trick plays, got, has a great arm. 
Uh, and he's a, just a solid possession receiver. So I think I would probably, you know, once I get past Hooper and, and Jones, now I'm starting to look for a floor, and I think Sanu presents the floor. If I'm going to roll the dice, I'm like, man, I need as many points as I could possibly get, even if it means I take a zero. Uh, I just have to gamble on on high points. Then I take Ridley. Gotcha. But I'd, I'd probably be rolling out Sanu. For the Cardinals side here, the Falcons are just absolutely awful this year on defense. 29th um, most points against the run and 26th most, uh, most against the pass. DJ is obviously in, although I am a little worried about him with the back issue. He did practice today, which means he's going to be good to go Sunday. If you own DJ, hopefully you listen to us and you picked up Chase Edmonds in a redraft league. I snagged him on the waiver wire in a couple weeks hoping, not I shouldn't say hoping that DJ doesn't play, but like if, if the back gets That's worse so and he mean. sits, yeah, I know I'm a mean person and I, I just want to win my fantasy matchups. Uh, if DJ, uh, if DJ does get worse and ends up sitting, I think Chase Edmonds is fun. He showed that he can be, not, I shouldn't say just as good as DJ, but be right up there is probably an RB2. Christian Kirk is a game time decision, something to watch for. I think if they say he's good to go, you've got to throw him in your flex spot. He's just too talented and, and in my opinion, the number one on this offense. Uh, and, and then the same thing with Larry Fitzgerald. Again, the, the Falcons are horrible against the pass. He's a Hall of Famer. You got to throw him out there. I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, who are you picking in this one, the Falcons or the Cardinals? I'm going to take the Falcons. As am I. Next up, Titans and Broncos. The Denver Broncos being given two points in this one, and Tennessee the 50.8% chance to win this one. On the Titans side, the Broncos, 10th most points against the run. I'm sorry, they're the 10th best against the run and 9th best against the pass. So they're not giving up a lot of points in the run or the pass. However, Derrick Henry, I mean, he's got to be in there as your RB2. As much as I hate to admit it, I know you're not necessarily a Derrick Henry believer either. So far, he's pretty much told me to go shut up because he's proven he can be an RB2 every single week. He's got to be in your lineup. But the ninth against the pass, so they're very good against the pass. We've seen Marcus Mariota struggle. We talked about A.J. Brown earlier. We li- it likely looks like Chris Harris is going to be on Corey Davis, who is considered their number one. So knowing you have Marcus Mariota back there, are you willing to throw any of these wide receivers into a flex spot? Or, or, or I'll throw Delaney Walker in there as well at tight end. Well... Is is Chris Harris going to be on Corey Davis? Because AJ Brown doesn't he play in the slot more? He does, but uh, this between is something the two of them and Harris is known for his slot play. Well, that's the thing. So he's not anymore. That's something that me and Matt have talked about a lot lately. So when Vic Fangio came over. Because of how good Chris Harris has been in the slot, something we've talked about before, you know, in a lot of teams, their best cornerbacks or second best cornerbacks were the slot cornerbacks. Because Chris Harris was so good, they decided to move him and they literally shadow him now on the best wide receiver every single game. So whether they're in the slot on the outside, that's where Chris Harris is gone. He, he has shadowed the best wide receiver. Um, which I think is phenomenal because that's even showed even more how, how talented Chris Harris is as well because he has been, up until this year, has always played the slot, but now he's following the best wide receiver around. So I'm assuming that he's going to go with Corey Davis. I really wish I could remember who the Titans played. I want It wasn't last week. I think it, 
it may have been, I, I keep thinking it's the Jaguars and I'm not sure. Uh, but when they played a good defense, I, I remember the, I was listening to the NFL network on, uh, on Sirius XM and their best cornerback was actually following AJ Brown around. And it was, a uh, it was a game he put up, uh, two touchdowns. So it would have been two weeks ago. So I don't remember who they played. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I guess I could just pull it up. I hate, I hate doing that mid podcast and pulling this up. So who did they play two weeks ago? Not the fa- yeah, it was the Jaguars. So Jalen Ram, no Jalen Ramsey. Did he play in that game? No, he hasn't played for a couple weeks. So it would have been AJ Bowie as the number one then. Maybe it was Bowie. I don't know. All I know is that they were talking about how their best cornerback was actually shadowing AJ Brown on almost the entire game. And then the the plays that he didn't shadow A.J. Brown were actually the plays that Brown scored. And so it was kind of like, so is A.J. Brown really as good as we think he is yet? Because, you know, a lot of people kind of got excited about his great game. And like, well, it's because he was actually playing against the second and third cornerback on these plays, which is why he burnt him, because he's better than those players. But is he that elite talent we think he became in that game? So I don't know for sure if Harris will be on Davis. That's what I'm just assuming. So would regardless, if you think Harris is going to be on Davis or not, knowing my, my biggest fear is Marcus Mariota being the quarterback. I mean, we we all believe Corey Davis is talented. We all believe that A.J. Brown is talented. The thing holding them back is Marcus Mariota. So do you or would you feel safe playing anybody else against a, a fairly good uh, Broncos pass defense uh, with, with Marcus Mariota being the quarterback, throwing them in your flex? Brown, Davis, uh, Walker, any of those choosing? Well, Mariota is QB 15 on the year, so it's it's not terrible. Well, that's, um, he has the Cleveland Browns to thank for that, though. And so, but if you've got Corey Davis and you've got A.J. Brown, th- there's enough talent. Delaney Walker, you know, Walker still has it. He's very solid. And then even Adam Humphreys is making big plays out of the slot. So there, there's they've got playmakers. Uh, will, will they make plays? You know, they're, the Broncos have Chris Harris. Who else do they have back there? So I, I feel, well, they're, let's see, what are they? Ninth against the pass. How much of that was due to the pass rush? And now they've lost Bradley Chubb. Well, I mean, so now you can say quarterback gets a little more time. Can he make more plays? It, it, it's sort of, I, I definitely think that, that Brown and Davis are in the wide receiver, to, low end wide receiver to flex conversation. Um, there, you have to score points. I know that the Titans are perfectly happy to win seven to three. Um, you know, that's a, a Mike Vrabel type of game. Uh, but they showed against the Browns that they're, they can put up some points. So if they have a breakout, you know, they're going to be in Denver. So who knows? They may have a foot of snow they're dealing with. And if that's yeah. the case, you know, you've got Derrick Henry, who's the uh, running back 10 on the year in PPR. Uh, I think they'll be pounding it. You know, I, I don't think I would start them expecting a big game from either one of them. But I think the draft capital and, you know, unless you've had somebody on your team break out or a couple guys break out with just a lot of upside surprise, they're going to be in your lineup. 
On uh, So for the Broncos side here, the Titans are number one against the run. So the best defense against the run right now. Lindsey has been phenomenal again this year, but tough matchup. Uh, I think you still have to play him based on what your draft capital is you were just talking about. But you got to lower your expectations a little bit. Probably going to come in more as like an RB2 flex player this week, but you still have to have him in your lineup. The question I want to ask you, 23rd against the pass. We've seen, you know, I keep talking to Matt about this all the time because he is such a big Broncos fan. Me and you had, had talked up Cortland Sutton all offseason. Granted, we thought it was because Emmanuel Sanders wasn't going to be there and Emmanuel Sanders has been there. But I'm still going to take that as a win for us because we said Cortland Sutton was be good and he's been damn good. So I'm going to take that as a win. Wide receiver 10. Exactly. So. With Emmanuel Sanders, though, he has been struggling a little bit here lately. I feel like Cortland Sutton has to be in your lineup. That's not even a question for me. But what about Emmanuel Sanders? He, we saw, had a really great game week one, had a good week three, but really has kind of struggled in the other weeks. I mean, last week, one catch for nine yards. What is your thought uh, in San- with Sanders against the 23rd worst defense against the pass? Well, I don't think that the Broncos are going to be very successful running the ball. Uh, I'm a Royce Freeman truther, and he's getting 50% of the snaps. You need to get him on your bench. Uh, uh, Lindsey is going to—he's going to be—he's going to be out there because he can make plays. He's—he's he's the more dynamic of the two. It's going to be tough sledding in the ground game. And, and I do think that uh, Freeman is going to be fairly non-existent. But I think that Cortland Sutton is the man. I think he is going to eat. I think Joe Flacco has started to trust him. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, again, it's it's the volatility of the game. Yeah. He's going to have a decent game as well. It's all going to come down to can the Broncos keep the pass rush off of Joe Flacco. If they can keep the pass rush off of Joe Flacco, and he's going to complete some passes. Who are you taking to win, the Titans or the Broncos? Boy, it's a close one. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go, let's go with the Titans. Ooh, I, I like it, but I'm going to go with the Broncos, just just for my boy Matt. I'm going to I'm gonna lean with him and hope that he ends up having a good weekend this weekend with the, with the Broncos pulling out the win. Uh, this game is another game we can probably do fairly quickly because there's not much to talk about, and that is the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets. We do have Sam Darnold coming back, Dallas being given seven points, and the 73% chance to win this. Let's start on the Jets side. As uh, as I mentioned, we do know Sam Darnold is going to be back. Don't know how good he's going to be, though. There's a lot of talk, obviously, that Mono takes your strength out you know, makes you lose weight. This is his first real game action back. He honestly didn't look that good before him. Maybe that was because he had mono and they didn't know. No really way of knowing right now. But the Cowboys are the ninth best against the run and sixth best against the pass. So they are a top 10 defense in both categories right now. I feel like for me, it's just Le'Veon Bell. You know, I had hopes for Chris Herndon. I know that's your guy. You you were talking him up all uh, last year, this year. But he's likely not to play now with a hamstring injury, so just Bell, right? I mean, are you willing to fire anybody else up in this Jets offense? If I fire anybody up, it's a complete Hail Mary, whether it's Darnold, whether it's Anderson. You know, Demarius Thomas, is he, what, he was like 6 for 67 last week or yeah. something? Yeah, I think he Luke 60 Falk. yards, yeah. So it's it's... It's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a rough week for uh, Jets fans. Yeah, uh, 
and even Le'Veon Bell is, you know, he's going to struggle. But there's hope. I think Darnold is a good quarterback. I think the Jets have some work to do. They're going to have to get back. Uh, you know, they need to put some time in on their defense. They need to get some better players. Uh, it's it, they're they're rebuilding. Uh, it, it was weird for Le'Veon Bell to go there because everybody knew they were rebuilding, and one running back, no matter how good you are, just doesn't change the fortunes of a team. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to roll in this one. Yeah. Take the Cowboys and give the points. Uh, it's it's uh I, I you know I love Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and I my my only issue with Cooper and Gallup is that I I feel like that it the Jets may be twelfth against the run but like we said in an earlier game is it because they're thirty first against the pass yeah and so teams aren't running. Well, the Cowboys run. That's what they do. They're a, a run first team. And Zeke is, Zeke is a big, powerful running back. And I think he is going to eat this team up and he is going to grind the Jets down and he is just going to keep pounding and keep pounding. And it's going to be, you know, Vic in a box is going to spend all day just watching Zeke go feed me, feed me and feed me. And he's going to have a miserable day. I hope so, because I, I love Zeke, and I own him on a lot of teams, and I'd love for him to have a good day, because that also likely means Amari Pooper is going to have a bad day, and that would make me and all my fans happy, because I need him to start coming back a little bit, because he, he's been very good so far this season. Uh, I actually do He did think, come back, man. He did come back. That no. He's just that good that this is what he looks like when he's bad. I, I disagree. But let's not get into that right now. We'll save that for another time, when, especially when I, I look more right, when he, he's falling back toward that like 11-12 range where he belongs. So I assume you're taking the Cowboys, right? There's no way you're picking yep. the Jets in this one? All right, same here. Two more games left, the Sunday night game, Steelers and Chargers here. Uh, looked to be a good game when the schedule first came out. The Let's see here. Chargers being given the 64% chance to win this one and 6.5 points. On the Steelers' side, we know that Devlin is going to be started. Uh, starting Rudolph was ruled out. Chargers, 26th against the run, but 5th against the pass. So doing a really good job against the pass, but giving up a ton of points on the ground. Connor, I think he's no-brainer this week. We know Jalen Samuels is out. Uh, I don't think Benny Snell is going to do much. I think it's going to be all James Connor unless he gets banged up. My real question for you is, I mean, We've seen James Washington have a couple good games here, or really just one good game. Deontay Johnson has had a couple good games, but I really think outside of Juju, with Devlin coming in here in a defense that is the fifth best against the pass, there's no way you can fire anybody else up outside of Juju. Agree or disagree? Well, Vance is coming back. Uh, you know, he could he could easily put up some points. It's I I I I'm I so struggle right now with the Steelers passing game. Uh e even even when it was Rudolph in there and even Ben still. Yeah. Um I, I I feel like they, they're just they're still not clicking. And I like I like Juju. I think he's a great talent. But one of those other guys, you know, 
they've weeded out that it's not Moncrief. So Johnson or Washington, they need to step up and they need to become that number two because that's what makes that Pittsburgh passing offense work is when that number two can equally take the pressure off that number one. Yes, the number one always gets the best cornerback, but that number two can still perform. And right now, Johnson and Washington haven't been consistent in doing that. Uh, I think you roll out Connor. There's going to be some Benny Snell uh, with Samuels out. But Hodge, is it Hodge or Hodges? Hodges. Devlin Hodges, uh, you know, he could, comported himself pretty well. He didn't seem out of place. So just because he went to a small school doesn't mean he, you know, he, he can't step into the job and, and perform at a reasonable level. Uh, I think it's going to come down to what the defense can do. Can the defense shorten the game? Can they, uh, you know, not, not fall behind? If the defense doesn't fall behind and the, the Steelers aren't forced to, you know, throw on every down, then, then I think it's going to be okay. If they are forced to throw on every down, then gosh, who knows? Maybe it could be a big passing day, but, uh, uh right now I think if, if I'm going to play anybody, Besides Connor, it's probably Juju and, uh, you know, potentially roll the dice on McDonald just because tight end is such a, a, a morass after about the seventh or eighth tight end. You mentioned the, the defense there. The Steelers are eighth uh, best against the run, but 20th against the pass. So you're obviously starting Allen, Williams, and, and Hunter Henry. If he plays is on a pitch count, so I probably wouldn't start him this week, but definitely worth a pickup if he's still available because it sounds like he should be good to go as of next week. But eighth against the run, they're obviously very good against the run. We saw uh, Gordon got more carries than Eckler last week, but Eckler got a ton more catches due to them being behind. If you had to pick one or the other to start this week against a good Steelers run defense, which are you? who are you picking? Uh, I'm, I'm picking Melvin Gordon. Okay. Uh, yes, Eckler is pretty good in the passing game. But let's not forget, Gordon caught, what, 80 passes last year or something yes. crazy like that? So he, he's perfectly functional in the passing game. So they don't need to get too cute and keep subbing out every time they need a running back to catch a pass. Uh, I think after, you know, Gordon is pretty quickly, he came in in shape, maybe not in football shape, because you can't simulate getting hit like that. But I don't think it's going to take him too long to, to be running full speed. And so I would expect a, a decent game out of Gordon, even against a tough uh, run defense. Yeah, I think I would go Eckler here just based on, I do think if they start getting behind, uh, that he'll still get a lot of receptions. I still think they're going to use him in that capacity until they're ready to throw Melvin Gordon out there 100%. I'm not sure if that's ready yet. I'd rather, I'd rather be one week late to that than, than one week early and try and get that last little ounce of fantasy value out of Eckler. Uh, who are you picking to win this one, the Steelers or the Chargers? Chargers. As am I. The last game on the docket, Monday Night Football game, should be a good one as well. The Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay getting four points and the 65% chance to win this game. See here, for the Lions, the Packers are 15th best against the run, but 28th against the pass. So they are... Which is weird because if you watch them, they're actually really bad against the run NFL-wise and really good against the the 
the pass, I think that's got a little bit skewed based on what Amari Cooper did to them last week. Good old Amari Cooper just ruining things for everybody. With that being said, on Johnson is in, likely going to have a big game here. Kenny Galladay, you're starting him as well based on just how good he is. My question for you, being a Lions fan, Marvin Jones has been known to tear up the Packers every time he plays them. Are you willing to throw Jones in as a flex spot, or in a flex spot? Oh. Oh yeah, I I think Jones is a fairly consistently startable flex guy. Anyways, uh, the Lions they have a good passing attack. You know, Kenny Galladay is the man, but Marvin Jones can hang in there pretty well. He's he's a a pretty solid deep threat, and he he's proven himself over the years. So well, Jones. Is he going to be a wide receiver one? No. He probably won't even give you a wide receiver one week, mm-hmm. but he'll give you a couple wide receiver two weeks. He's going to be pretty consistent. Um, you know, I, I, I like Jones a lot. I'm, I'm perfectly fine slotting him in, uh, in a wide receiver three or flex position. Uh, you know, I love, I love Kenny Galladay and, and I'm a huge carry on Johnson fan. So yeah. Uh, uh, it uh, it was, you know, interesting to look at these numbers and the Packers 15th against the run and 28th against the pass. But uh, it is in fantasy points. It isn't in real defense because I'm yeah. like, oh, I would have expected that to be so much better because the Packers seemed like their defense was coming together early in the season. Yeah. But uh, fantasy wise, I guess not. Well, fantasy-wise, again, it, it, really the defense got skewed there because of that Amari Cooper game. When when you have a guy with two, really, because Michael Gallup had a really good game as well last week, really kind of hurt that defense overall. That's why I said when you look at the numbers are misleading. Carry on is definitely having the better matchup this week than Kenny Galladay and Jones, but I think you have to have both those guys in there because I think it's just going to be one of those games where they're going to throw the ball um, a decent amount. On the Packers side, Lions 16th against the run, but 10th against the pass. Obviously, big play slay being one of the big reasons That's right, there. Buddy. Aaron Jones has been phenomenal so far this season. Looked like they uh, they had freedom, then not freedom, freedom again. Your thoughts? Can Aaron Jones be an RB one again this week against a, a middle of the pack Lions run rush defense? Well, I, I think he can. Uh, the the Packers offensive line is is pretty solid, and, and Jones has shown that he doesn't need a lot of space to to get moving. And when he gets through the hole, he's got he's fast. He's got good speed. I like Aaron Jones a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't think it uh, it doesn't it isn't going to say a lot if he has a good game about the Lions defense. I think the Lions defense is playing really well uh, for all the hand wringing that went on in the off season about Matt Patricia. You know, oh he's trying too hard to be Bill Belichick. Yada yada yada. He's put up some of the best defensive game playing so far this season. Yeah, I mean they shut down the Chiefs pretty much better than anybody outside of the outside of the Colts. So they they have definitely been good. It's been like I said, funny to see, especially with the you being a Detroit Lions fan. I'm sure you saw all the talk last year. It was almost like Matt Patricia didn't know what he's doing, and now all of a sudden the Lions have a legitimate shot to win the NFC North. And I don't think that's crazy to say. 
Uh, Devontae Adams looks likely to be out in this one, possibly even longer than this week. He, he came out earlier today and said that it's actually kind of a serious injury to his toe. So this might be a lengthy out uh, or, or lengthy stay on the bench for him. I mean, I, for me, I just don't think you can trust anybody. You know, they've only had one other uh, wide receiver finish in the top 20 or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, top 20. At 116 finished, which was Allison a couple weeks ago. Outside of that, none of these guys have finished anywhere near the top 30 at wide receiver. Are you willing to throw either one of these guys in your slot, uh, in your uh, flex spot or wide receiver two spot this week? Well, Rodgers has to throw the ball to somebody, and, and it's not going to be the tight end unless, it, unless they're on the five-yard line. So I, I I like MVS. I'm a big uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling fan. I have, I have plenty of shares. Um, Allison is is okay, but I'm I'm clearly Team MVS. Um, so I I think that Rogers is not bashful when it comes to trying to make plays. And if the running game isn't working, then he's gonna he's gonna go downfield, and he's gonna force some, and he's gonna take what's available on some other plays. So I expect MVS and Allison both to have decent games, uh, in part because this is, you know, it's a tough divisional rivalry, and both teams are going to play really hard. Um, I just think the Lions are going to get the better of them, but I expect MVS to have a good game. All right, who are you picking to win, the Detroit Lions or the Green Bay Packers? I, I'm taking my uh, Detroit Lions. Man, I want to, but I'm rolling with the Packers. You got A.A. Ron looks like he is back. All right, so uh, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me today. I always enjoy these uh, these Friday shows where we get to, to go over all of the games here. I hope you have a good weekend. Enjoy the football games. Have a good fantasy weekend as well, since you seem to be doing a whole lot better than me in your fantasy leagues. Well, one good week put me uh, in the positive, so... Well, hopefully here's, here, here's many more to come. I look forward to talking to you again next Friday, buddy. Right on. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle in the corner line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.